Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. And this is 
not it. You know, there's no way in the world that someone literally woke up one day and said, I've got an answer. Here's what we're going to do. Because if you put apartments, you know, where these prime real estate locations are, you're going to have to pay prime real estate rates. And you really need to, you know, fix up the places that are not going to cost as much, where the landlords are not going to charge as much. Why don't the city sponsor these places? Listen, for the amount of money that they are sponsoring these asylum seekers, these migrants, you can afford it. Because I'm going to be honest, the way you're overcrowding New York City, I'm not talking about outside of New York City because I don't know what they charge it, but the way you are flooding in these people to New York City, those people can't afford this. Unless you won't secretly pay their rent. Now that is another issue. But if they're going to have to be responsible for paying their own rent, nah, that ain't going to happen. That, that's, that's not the answer. $3,000 a month, no, I'm sorry. That, that's not cutting it. That's not cutting it. That's not cutting it. What else isn't cutting it? Well, President Biden signing a new order to increase, you know, the, the background checks and the, all the the, the, the doodads that's going to, you know, take to get a permit for a gun. That ain't cutting it either. That is not stopping the guns from coming up in the hood. <sighs> is surely not stopping the babies from shooting themselves or other people. So, again, we need real remedies. We need real answers. We need real things that are going to address our problems. And these politicians are not coming up with their answers. Maybe if they took time to talk to us, they could figure out. Now, I do know that there's one radio show, and I don't know if it's sponsored by New York City. I can't remember where I heard this. But once a week, here in New York City, the mayor gets on the radio, somebody's radio show, and I don't know if it's like a regular radio show or like, like I said, one of those news things and you know, they just get the mayor on there so he can answer any questions. And I, I can't remember what station that is, but um, I think I need to start listening to it. Now, unless they broadcast from 7 to 9 and they don't have a, or they have a an on-demand feature, because if they're broadcasting any time while we're broadcasting, I'm not going to be able to listen to it. But somebody needs to start answering some serious questions because these things that are coming up, they're really not benefiting us. Now, I don't know about y'all, but this is not, you know, really slicing the pot. Now, 
another answer they need to come up with, and I mean something that's going to be an answer. What are we going to do with these children who are a menace to society? You know, yesterday Vivian talked about the eight-year-old who attacked a foster child and literally slit his throat. Now, we didn't heard of some things, but these crimes that are taking place, you know, by these children are really becoming more heinous. You know, we talk about slitting the throat. You know, you only see that in movies. You know what I'm saying? You don't really see that on regular TV. So, you know, what what are we going to do with them? Because clearly, there's some form of mental illness going on. You know, now you could categorize it, you know, if you will. But regardless of how you categorize it, it's still going to be some level of mental illness. And you cannot charge a child at the age of eight like you charge an adult. You know, some of the stuff that Vivian was reading, the charges, you know, if you didn't know better, you would have thought it was an adult. Well, they were, sent, you know, charging with these things, looking to do some sentencing. You know, so if you did charge a child and put them away, but these, you know, for this type of time, then what is it really going to benefit him? It's not how it's going to benefit him. It's really not going to benefit him. Because that's why they stopped giving children, like, life sentences. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they were doing that. But what they did was they reversed that and they started you know, taking case by case and, you know, dealing with it individually and seeing, you know, how they can charge children or the who, who are adults now because some of these uh, kids have been in the system and, or these adults have been in the system 10 and 15 years already. So now they're adults. Yeah, there's a a, a a show that you know they you know it's like a documentary show, and they're you know showing the different cases of you know these kids who these adults who were children when they committed these crimes, and you know how they're dealing with them now. Yes, so you know what. What are they going to do with them now, you know, is different than how they dealt with them before. Because they're saying that when they were children, their minds hadn't really developed. You know, so did they really understand what they were doing and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I don't know if I want to say they didn't understand what they were doing, but they surely didn't understand the magnitude, you know, like an adult. And, you know, they said that they took all those people off of, you know, life sentences and 
Now they're trying to deal with them differently. And, you know, that's what we're going to have to do. But you need to do that from the beginning. You know, now that this, this, there was one, you know, one of, the, one of the episodes that I watched. And it was a young man who was about maybe close to 30, you know. And now the treatment that he should have gotten back then, this is what? 15, 20 years later? Ah, you may have missed the mark on that one. So, you know, they have to be addressed differently than, you know, what they used to do before. So, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, you know, deal with this thing on a different level so that these children can get the attention that they need. You know, if this was a foster child and he was attacking another foster child, you can only imagine one of the reasons why he could have been slit in the throat. You know, is he is he one of these children who you know who's been shuffled around from foster home to foster home and possibly have dealt with some level of abuse, whether it's sexual or mental abuse? You know, what have the conditions been like? in the homes that he's been in? Is he angry because his parents have been negligent and, you know, uh, now he has to be in the system? You don't know what is going on in his head because we haven't had a chance to talk to him. So, or we haven't had a chance to hear, some, you know, some more of his story, you know? So, therefore... This is this is an issue. You know, you got to hear the story. You can't just say, you know, he slit the throat and that's it. He just got to deal with the crime, with the time, because of the crime. You know, he's an eight-year-old kid, so you definitely got to deal with that. You definitely got to deal with that. But deal with it is what we're talking about. What are we going to do about these Satan cubs in the school? That's what we got to deal with. And the lady had their answer yesterday. Sitting down, walking off. Those were not the answers that we came up with yesterday. So if I were you, I'd go back and listen to yesterday's wild episode. Woo! Ladies were on fire yesterday. So, woo, Pastor Charlotte put the icing on the cake with her Faith Over Fear segment. And, oh, my goodness, that's how we spent our Wednesday. So take that, those of you who could not figure out before or can't figure out now how you getting through a Wednesday. All you got to do is turn on this due time with Pastor Steph. Ooh, God has got an answer for you. So today, 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 today is Therapeutic Thursday, yes, the day we talk about our health. Now, you know, it's two times when Pastor Steph has brought a new meaning to talking about your health. Oh, yeah, we do it in a whole different way. You know, we don't have those, you know, medical sit-downs every week. And, uh, 
you know, we just do it our way. Just do it the way God does. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's two time with Pastor Steph is on and whatever you do. Don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hey, ready to go? I sure am. My sleep has been great ever since I started treatment for sleep apnea. Well, nearly 30 million adults have it, including me. Now, let me guess. It was your snoring that gave it away? Mm. Oh, yes, it was. Intense snoring is one of the classic signs. Other signs include gasping for breath during sleep and daytime sleepiness. If untreated, the risk of heart disease and stroke increases. I didn't know that, but I'm glad to hear the treatment can help. Certainly can. To learn more about the warning signs, visit DefendSleep.com. Skin 
collagen and elastin to break down. And the skin then tries to heal itself but leaves behind the scars that are called stretch marks. So they say that, you know, if you have stretch marks, you may feel a slight indentation if you touch it. And it says scars that form on top of your skin may feel like a bump, but stretch marks form below the top layer of the skin, leaving an indentation. All right, so that's, you know, one of the first things you'll know. Number two, stretch mark appearances can vary. Okay, so, you know, stretch marks can look different, you know, from one person to the next. They say some people develop a few long, thin lines, while others have stretch marks that appear in bunches. So they say the lines can also be thick and angry looking for lighter skinned people the lines are usually reddish or purple at first and then over time they'll fade and turn to silver white for darker skinned people stretch marks tend to look lighter than the usual skin color yep okay number three they say pregnancy is the most common cause of stretch marks. Yeah, that's how it goes down for those of us who've had dumb babies. They say that stretch marks caused by pregnancy are called, now I can't even pronounce this. Well, you go look it up. (laughs) During pregnancy, your abdomen grows to accommodate the growing fetus stretching the skin. This happens with the breasts as well as your breasts prepare to produce milk. Other areas of the body that can develop stretch marks during pregnancy include the thighs, the hips, lower back, and the buttocks. Okay? Some researchers believe pregnancy hormones make skin more vulnerable to tearing, causing the stretch marks. Okay, okay, okay. Number four, growth spurts among teens can also cause stretch marks. That's why you'll see younger people with stretch marks. Okay. They say children grow at an astounding rate, and they say after infancy, the fastest and most dramatic growth spurt usually happens at puberty. These growth spurts can cause stretch marks because the skin was stretched too quickly. So they say the same thing can happen with rapid weight loss or weight gain. So the skin stretches or shrinks to accommodate the change in your body shape. All right. All righty. What else? Number five, some medicinal creams can cause stretch marks too. Well, I know a lot of us are not prepared for that one. They say that you can buy some creams or ointments over the counter, but if you use this product for too long or inappropriately, they can break down the connecting fibers in the skin. This causes stretch marks to form. 
And if you use a corticosteroid cream or ointment, they say speak to the pharmacist about the best way to use it. They say take in oral corticosteroids such as prednisone for long periods can have the same effect. Wow. Wow. And prednisone is taken by mouth. Wow. Okay. So they say certain genetic conditions can make you prone to this type of scarring, including Cushing's syndrome and Marfan syndrome. Wow. Number six. Number six, number six, number six. You can't, cannot prevent stretch marks. All right, so they say there are many remedies, home remedies, you know, to help prevent or eliminate stretch marks. But unfortunately, since the marks are really scars, there aren't any true effective ways to stop them other than not gaining and losing the significant amounts of weight. So they say common home treatments include rubbing into the skin almond oil, cocoa butter, olive oil, or vitamin E. And they say, however, some researchers think products containing the herb centella, an acid naturally found in the skin, may be helpful. All right. So they say in number seven, you may be able to make stretch marks less noticeable. Okay. So while we can't totally eliminate the stretch marks, we can make them less noticeable. They say if the stretch marks bother you, speak to the doctor about your options. The first treatment is often to apply creams containing retinoids. If the stretch marks are fairly new, only a few months old, this type of cream may help rebuild the collagen, making the marks less noticeable. Okay. All right, as always, number eight, cosmetic stretch mark treatments may also help. So they say outside of the retinoid creams, there's some procedures that a dermatologist may perform to reduce the appearance of the obvious stretch marks. And that's all I'm going to say because I ain't promoting that nonsense. Live with it. Number nine, stretch marks require medical attention. You know, you listen, they, stretch marks are painless and they don't cause any health risks. Okay. So, you know, for those people who find their stretch marks disturbing, you know, you'll you'll go see the dermatologist and discuss your options to make them less noticeable. But again, you know, you can't help it. And, And that's one of the reasons why when I saw this, I definitely wanted to, you know, address it because I've seen on YouTube, you know, as you're scrolling by, you know, there's, putting out there, you know, this can eliminate your stretch marks and things like that. And, you know, after I found out many, 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 many years ago what stretch marks really came from, you know, at the end of the day, you really can't do anything about your stretch marks. Because, again, it's either that you've gained weight 
and you stretch the skin or you've lost weight and the skin has been stretched. So now you've lost the weight and now it's nothing you can do about it. You can't go cutting your skin and all those kind of things. And here's the best part about it. Your stretch marks come, you know, they develop, you know, and this is this is not, I read, I read the point. That's it. This is passive stuff talking. You know, the stretch marks don't come in places that you can't cover up. So to me, that's a bonus right there. Yeah, well, don't you see it as a bonus? You know, it doesn't, it don't, it, you know, stretch marks don't happen in our face. Stretch marks don't happen on your hand. You know, so, you know, if you have stretch marks on, on your arm, they don't happen on your lower arm. So, you know, you can wear, you know, a short sleeve shirt that covers up the top part of your arm. And if it, you know, goes down to the elbow area, then wear three-quarter length, you know, um, what do you call that thing? Sleeve. You know, don't wear short pants or wear the pants down to your knees because you really don't see stretch marks on your calves. You don't really see them there. So to me, you know, there's a bonus. God still gave us, you know, some of that, you know, cover-up ability. So, you know, if you are, you know, concerned about stretch marks, and there's no judgment here, you know, some it's just some people, you know, there's scars that people have on their body, you know, f- for different reasons that, you know, they're, you know, concerned about or they think, you know, looks ugly and so forth and so on. And, you know, you want to cover it up. So, you know, to each his own. But, you know, to really start doing some cosmetic stuff, you know, and all that. Think about all this stuff that we do cosmetic-based. Sometimes what has it cost people? Their life. You know, look at the mess that happened last week or the week before when the woman went over to, I think it was Mexico, her, you know, and a couple other people went over there and they crossed over by mistake into the cartel territory and they thought that they may have been some other people, so they ended up being kidnapped and shot at and two of the people didn't come back home. Two of the four didn't come back home, and all because, you know, there was a concern of cosmetic surgery and you didn't want to pay the amount of money. We have the best people here in the United States, so anytime you crossing the border to go get cosmetic surgery, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about, you know, the fact that you want to get it. I'm talking about if you're going to get it, then pay for it. Go ahead and pay for it. Because there are so many reputable people that you can go to here in the United States that there's no risk. And here you went over to Mexico, took people with you, and now two of you are not coming back home. All because you ain't want to spend another few thousand dollars. Now, look at what it's costing. Them same thousands of dollars now may not come out your pocket. But them same thousands of dollars are now being paid, you know. So stretch marks 
you know, are not the end of the world. Again, thank God they are, you know, they develop on your stomach. Cover your stomach up. They develop on your buttocks or your hips or your thighs. Cover up. The, the arms, you know, the top of your arm. Cover up, you know. Listen, I've seen people with vitiligo wear turtlenecks all year round because they want, they, you know, they just want to cover up. And, Again, to each his own. Now, I don't know if I can walk around in 90-degree weather with something wrapped around my neck because that would kill me. But, again, you know, that's, you know, they wear thinner clothes that, you know, cover up those parts of the body and things like that. And, you know, that's, you know, that's something that they can't help either. So, you know, I, I, I know, I remember there was a bus driver who she had it right, the vitiligo smack in the middle of her face. And and she was on the darker side, but, I mean, it was smack dab in the middle of her, of her face. And she she drove that bus. She lived her life. She didn't bother, like, you know, for whatever the reason is. And, again, to each his own. But, you know, we're talking about these stretch marks that you, you can't really help. And you know, to to try to go get some cosmetic surgery and all of that stuff. You really need to seek the Lord to find out, you know, what he feels about that thing. All righty? All righty. So what are we talking about today? Well, we got some quick news. And my quick news is always like, you know, news that, I think it's interesting, but there's not a, a lot of story or detail. And speaking of which, I didn't get that stretch mark thing till like five minutes before the show this morning. But I did have a story about a woman from Washington who claims she's permanently disfigured. After getting a mommy makeover, <laughs> guess where? In Mexico! Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. So they say she opens up about plastic surgery going wrong after she received this mommy makeover that she received in Mexico last year, and she says it left her permanently disfigured for the rest of her life. So you have this Shannon Palmer who traveled to Tijuana to get this procedure. She paid 12500 a couple of extra dollars. She could have stayed here in the States. Well, she paid this $12,500 for this highly anticipated tummy tuck and breast lift. And they say these are the highest procedures done, you know, for women after they had their children. Remember, we talked to Dr. Gordon about this thing here. Well, they say that she was telling them that when she woke up, she felt these pains in her hands. And she said she woke up to this agonizing pain after surgery, and she said it wasn't, she didn't think it was it was from the surgery itself. Well, no, because she was getting a tummy tuck and a breast lift. So what they have to do with her hands? And she said that she felt her fingers were cold, numb, 
and she started to worry about the circulation. And she found out later that they had put heated saline bags on her hands, which ended up burning her. So they say that she has photos that show the severe burns on her fingers. And when she got home, they told her that she would probably have to have an amputation of one of her thumbs. So... You know, I guess maybe we'll hear the rest of this story later. And they were saying that, you know, so many Americans, you know, go over to the, you know, across the border to spend all these thousands of dollars to save a couple of thousand dollars. But at the end of the day, you know, what are you, what, what are you dealing with? What are you dealing with? Oh, boy. All right, another quickie news story. Now, this one here, I said, you know what? (laughs) Every time you turn around, you got something new. So there's this Kentucky middle school principal that he got a new job as the principal at a middle school. And this Leroy Littles Sr., 44, he started work on a Monday as the principal at Olmstead Academy North in Louisville. And you know those signs that they have, like those things that they have outside the church where you can kind of build it with the little colored paper, the sign, you know? It says, Welcome, Principal Littles. That's the way the sign read. It looks kind of cute, you know, the the post that they put out there. Well, Principal Littles, when he wasn't the Principal Littles, over the Christmas holiday, he ended up in some domestic violence incident. And... What happened, they say, was that he went to some girlfriend's house and she was seen leaving with an ex-boyfriend. And Mr. Littles, you know, ended up arguing with her. And he allegedly assaulted the former boyfriend who had injuries to his face and head. And... They said that the victim said that they had video of this assault and gave it to the some county attorney's office a few days later. And they ended up issuing a warrant for his arrest. Well, guess where they served the warrant? <laughs> On his first day of school at this Olmstead Academy North, on the first day he was there. So they served him the arrest for fourth degree assault and third degree terroristic threatening. And 
they handcuff him and they take him in at the school. So his first day of school with the big old sign that says, Welcome, Principal Littles. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was on our side of the fence. Well, he had worked at the district for 16 years, and he was, (laughs) you know, hired as the principal at this middle school, but he had also served as an intern, a principal intern at a high school earlier in the school year. So I guess he ended up applying, he got the job, and, ooh, they know how to sock it to you. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. So my thought was, if if he, you know, and I'm sure they're going to raise this issue, if he, you know, assaulted and they got on video, you know, this man and all of this kind of stuff, this ex-boyfriend, <laughs> what would he do to the kids possibly? And I know they're going to bring that up. I know they're going to bring that up. They're going to bring up his violent nature. And had they done the background on him, they may find some other. Because I'm going to tell you something. I would not be surprised if they now started to do some digging and picking up all the little stuff from his, you know, history and all that kind of, you know, things. You know, they're going to bring up all that dirt. As Pastor K.L. says, of his former life, before he was the principal, and they're going to now hold that against him also to, you know, to be able to, you know, not, you know, to be able to hold that against him. Well, he won't get no job like this anymore. Nope. I wouldn't be surprised in the least bit. Not that tall. All right, what else we talking about? Okay. Okay, okay. I got a question. Wait, do I want to do that now? Let me see. I may want to bring that one back. I want to bring that one back. I want to bring that one back. I think I'm going to bring that one back. Okay, let's talk about these. No, I want to bring that one back too. Oh, man. All right, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this one. I've been holding on to this one from last week, and it kind of slipped past me. So, Okay, so you know we've got all these asylum-seeking parents and, you know, and I'm saying it like this, these asylum-seeking parents because they're, they're coming here, they're parents, they have children, they need to put these kids in school, they're coming from these other countries where, you know, English is not their language, their first language, that is. Well, 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 they have a group of parents, Spanish-speaking parents, who are asking for a bill that requires schools to communicate in their native language. So out in Stamford, Connecticut, you have a mother who they say she has a son in school, in elementary school. And she found out that they removed her child from this class 
where he was learning English and just placed him in general classes. And when they started doing the research, they found out that more and more of these children were being removed from this class or these type classes and put, you know, being put in just general classes and their parents are now upset because they're saying, well, how is the child going to A, thrive if they don't learn English and on top of that, we want it to be mandated that you and, and as far as going as far as passing a bill, excuse me, that says that you need to, you know, communicate in our language because we're getting correspondence in English and we don't understand it. So they're saying the bill would require among other things, that the districts provide a certified translator for parent-teacher conferences and meetings with administrators, that students be allowed to participate in a bilingual education program if there were 20 or more students in the district, and that parents are given information about their child's options for English as a second language or bilingual education, and it would also affirm the right of students to enroll in public school regardless of their immigration status. Now, they're saying that in Connecticut's Board of Education that there are more than 45,000 students who speak a language other than English in the state. And the parents are telling stories about how they're calling the school and they're not being able to reach anyone who spoke Spanish, that, again, they're receiving documents that were written only in English and attending meetings where translation wasn't available. And they said they also talked about finding out that their children were removed from bilingual classes without their knowledge. Now, I've never lived in Connecticut. I've only ever lived in New York. And I don't know what goes on in Connecticut, but the one thing I know about New York City is we don't ever have a piece of correspondence that does not have English and Spanish, at least Spanish. There are times when I have been in a school. Now, remember now, I have children who have gaps between ages, so I've gotten an opportunity to see, you know, the development of things in the school system. Now, I have not seen a time when any one of these girls will go into school 
and somebody was short of a Spanish piece of paper because there were times when I went to school, I couldn't find an English piece of paper. So I don't know what's going on over there in Connecticut because we sure don't have that problem here in New York City. Now, I don't know about any other parent who has lived in New York. I guess we could find out from Pastor KL about what goes on in Alabama. But I'm telling you that we don't have this problem. And I was sure, I was sure enough like to know what's going on over there that they have not provided. If you got 45,000 children, according to the Board of Education, in that state who don't speak English, why would they have to mandate a bill to include that piece of, you know, or those items? Why? What brainiac who's running the Board of Education out there in Connecticut would not already figure out that that's something that they need to do, period? That's... What what ratio? Well, here, here's my other question. Well, how many kids are in the in the Board of Education? Period. If forty five thousand of them don't speak English, it would sound to me like you need <laughs> you need to do it the opposite way. That there's probably more children that 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 are on the we're the minority. Forty five thousand who don't speak English. And they have to ask you to please give us material in Spanish. Please make sure there's a translator. P- come on, come on, come on. You got, we all, we all know that there are well enough people who speak Spanish and English that you ain't short of a, of, of a job out there in Connecticut. Come on, come on, come on. You can find English-speaking people who speak Spanish. You can speak find Spanish-speaking people who speak English. Y'all got y'all need to stop this nonsense. Y'all need to stop this nonsense. Where my do time crew at? Cause I, I need to talk to them. Cause I, I can't understand what's going on out here. Where's Tamika? Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I am doing well. It's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a question. If there are 45,000, you know what this sounds like? Remember you said that the question that you used to hate, the math question, if there's 45, if Mary had 45,000 <laughs> children, <laughs> if there are 45,000 children, in the school system out in Connecticut who don't speak English, why would they have to request translators at the school, material in Spanish? Why? Why? Is it me? 
I can tell you one thing. Maybe I need to start looking for a job in Connecticut because I speak English <laughs> and Spanish. And, uh, yeah. you know, considering that there's a shortage. <laughs> okay. You know, and, and I'm also trying to find a new place to live. You know, uh, maybe I need to start looking towards, you know, um, Connecticut. That's, that's a venue for me. <laughs> but I mean, Absolutely. just common sense. Common sense, you know, you think about just daily life, how things have transitioned everywhere else. You know, I got to press one if I speak English. Thank just you. on a regular phone. Thank you. So now you're saying to me that you don't have the documentation and you're voluntarily pulling children who don't speak the native language of the country that they live in. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I can't fathom that you would do that and... Then it it kind of puts the parent at a disservice because they don't speak the language. It's just common sense to do the right thing, you know. I I can't tell you how many times I, you know, just being honest, I've gotten agitated. Why should I have to press one? I live here. The language here is English. But you know, and even with documentation, if there's if there's a bill that I receive, um, a Bluetooth for my for my phone. And even that had English, Spanish, Chinese, uh, I guess it was German, I'm not sure, um, and <laughs> Aqua or some, some form of French. And so, you know, why wouldn't you prepare and have the documentation at the school, especially if the majority of the people don't speak English? Get documentation in the language that they speak. You know, I'm so glad somebody else said it because I was going to say that when I was ranting. I am so sick and tired. I ask the same question. I live here. Why do you make me press one? Why can't you just continue in English and make somebody else who needs the other language press? Well, I, listen, I won't go to right. that. <laughs> Is it in you? Oh. I'm so glad that you. Uh, I'm so glad you said it because I was that that almost came out because I have gotten annoyed, quite annoyed at the fact of that. So clearly, there's some level of, you know, um, ratio that makes us the minority. To be honest, because I can't see why else you gonna take me through the hoops and not take them through the hoops. So, yes, common sense would tell you, listen, Tamika, my thought is y'all letting all the people come in here from all the countries. Now y'all letting them come in here, and now they got to beg to be understood or to understand. Because, I'm, listen, I went to Florida. Tamika, you want to talk about somebody annoyed, and I'm going to say this. I went to Florida and went to Walmart. Girl, I spent more time in Walmart trying to find an English-speaking person than I did wow. shopping. That Every person I went to, girl, could not speak English. And I was asking for simple stuff. And it was like, uh, sorry. It's like, no, I'm <laughs> sorry because I'm about to go postal up in here. So, yes, I, I'm with you. I agree, you know, that... We we have to, you know, um, you know, go through our channels. So I don't know who's running 
the the Department of Education out in Connecticut, but this is kind of dumb. Let's see if, if Pastor KL, you know what, before we get to Pastor KL, let's talk to Al. Let's talk to Brother Al and find out what's going on in his school. <laughs> hey, Brother Al. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. How you doing? I miss you guys. I ain't talked to, like talk to you in a while. I know, I know, I know. You busying yourself other than, you know, the due time crew. We all right, though. We all right. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Listen, Brother Al, what goes on in, in the school that you're in with the Spanish-speaking community? Or do, do you have, you know, correspondence for the parents whose children don't take, I mean, don't speak English? You know, what about the parents, those who don't speak English? How are they accommodated? Well, normally we have somebody here that uh, speaks uh, speak Spanish. And it's funny that you said that because I got one kid that he speaks, he's Spanish, but he does speak English. And he's bad. He really is. And he stays in trouble. So his mother came up to the school and was so frustrating because I'm talking to the translator, the translator talking to her. And, it, you know, I feel like she wasn't even talking to me because when she go to talk, she look at the translator. Then the translator tell me, well, she said such and such. And then I'm like, well, tell her. I said, you know, so it was very, very frustrating, you know. And one of the things is that they don't care because they just want the money that comes along with everything. Because even in my other school, we had kids that came, we had kids that came in that, that, that speaks Mandarin, Japanese. And I'm sitting there looking at them like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. But, and they take this kid, so you got this kid sitting in the class, and the teacher don't even, can't even communicate with him. And I'm looking at them like, why are y'all putting this out there like that? Like, that is crazy. My thing is like what you were saying. If you come in this country and we allow you, it should be mandatory for you to learn our language. Yeah, but you got to make it available to them. Make it available. I, I I believe that you need to make sure they need to learn the language so that they can, you know, uh, communicate. However, you're going to have to provide them with the, the, the material and, the, you know, ability to communicate with the English-speaking community because they don't know. They don't know. You let them come up in here, it's going to take you a minute. You know, they got these quickie, you know, uh, bab- babble uh, uh, translations, you know, uh, uh, books and, 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 and CDs and all these kind of things to learn the language expeditiously. Man, people don't learn that stuff that fast. But, you know, I'm, 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 I know over here in New York, that we've never had a problem, Brother Al, with our children going to school. As a matter of fact, Brother Al, you're my age. Do you remember when we were going to school, elementary school, that they had classes, English as a second language? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yes. Yep, they used to pull the children out of class so that they could take those classes. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I, I remember all that. You know, you, you ain't know they come to get you. Come on, we're going to teach you this English. They yeah. say English, we're going to teach you this English. 
Yes, they used to pull you out of class. Those students out of class, there were classes, English as a second language. And as a matter of fact, I remember before we moved to the Upper Bronx, Brother Al, and I don't know if they had this in your school. When we were, I was like in the fourth grade when when I moved to the Upper Bronx. But we were learning Spanish in the third grade. They were teaching us Spanish even when we were in elementary school. Did you have that in your school? In my school, let me see, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, you know, they taught us basic stuff. They didn't go deep. But they they taught us right, you know, right, how to count right. and say hi, you know say hi what your name is yeah we yeah I remember that yeah we used to get we were taught you know Spanish you know in in early grades now they can't even learn how to write goodness gracious thank you brother Al thank you brother Al let's talk to Pastor K L and see what he's got to uh say about this thing here. He's raised children in the public school system. Good morning, Pastor KL. Hola, mi amor. ¿Cómo está? ¿Qué se quiere, mi amor? Beautiful too. I was going to say, you got that, mi amor. You got <laughs> Wait, you've been watching, what's that little Spanish cartoon girl? What's her name? Dora. Dora the Explorer. Uh, 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 yes. You've been watching Dora? <laughs> I, well, well, I, I, I too, like, like, Tamika, I, I speak Spanish as well. So, oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lucky us. <laughs> I don't even want to hear you speak English. No, I don't hear you speak Let me say before we go on to the conversation. I said, let me say oh, before we go on to the conversation. I, I heard you and you you was asking Al, do y'all remember since y'all around the same age? You know certain things, but I I, I thought that um if, if they knew you and Al to read back then, y'all get whipped. Y'all want to talk about it? Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. Do you, so what do you think? Do you think that, you know, that they should, you know, and or, or are these people asking for too much, you know, for, you know, something to be passed that it's mandated that they get, you know, the, the translators and all of this correspondence and stuff like that? Well, how do you weigh in on this? Well, I mean... Okay, one side of me says that, that, that they should, you know, only because you keep protecting these folks up in here. You keep on letting them climb over the wall. You keep on letting them come through the boat. You know, so you're trying to get them over here. Then I guess you should take care of them while they come over there. Now, listen, if you're one of those folks that just, you know, you, you hitch the ride, you got to do the best you can when you get here. <laughs> you know, we didn't ask you to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's my feeling also. And, you know, if, if you came, you know, in a canister or underneath the car, <laughs> in the truck, and you know what? Right, right. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to do, do the best you can, you know, because you asked to be here. But for, for, and I agree with you 100%, but for my, my thing is, listen, you didn't let how many thousands of people in here now? You've opened up the floodgates, so now you, there's nowhere in the world, okay, so already, already, you don't know how many menaces we've left, we let cross the border, how many of these children right. are going to become a menace, because now they can't communicate, and that would have to be frustrating, it has to be frustrating because when we speak to people and they're not understanding us, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the Walmart situation. I'm talking about just in general when you're just trying to get things done and, and you have incompetent people who are, you know, who hold these jobs and you can't get to, you know, to the point that you need to get to, it becomes frustrating. So now are you going to allow all these people to come over here? Now you're, go you're not going to give them the resources that they technically need, and now you expect them to do what? You, how are they going to get a job? How are they going to do this? How are they going to do that? Look at the other side. When, 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 when we came over on the Tom John Morning cruise, did nobody care what, what, what language we spoke? Well, they just brought well, over here. You know, we, we, uh, we, we, got, right. we got on the cruise, we, we took the ride, and that was it. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and not only that, also, not only did they not care, but then it goes to what you were joking about a minute ago, where we've been not even trying to learn how to do this. Right. On our own. Right. We've been out of the right. desire now go seek to learn how to read and write, because then you were going to be punished mm -hmm. for this. So, right. but now we've evolved into, come on over, that we putting them on planes and all kind of things, and we didn't make deals with the other countries and all of this. So, mm, 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 I'm really interested in, in how they think we're going to function out here. Let's talk to Shantice and see what, ooh, I hate to ask what she got to say. Good morning, Shantice. No. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Fine, thank you. <laughs> I am well, thank you. So, <laughs> what's your take? <laughs> what's your take on, you know, they're in Connecticut, you have the children, everybody handicapped, kids handicapped, parents handicapped. Should they 
or should they not give them this, you know, resource to help them out here to communicate? Oh, especially if there's 45,000 of them, then there should definitely be at least one translator. I mean, <laughs> they have them in the hospital. I, like, you know, 45, that's not one translator. I see in the hospital how they have to, um, it was a couple of times I was in the ER and I saw they had to get that roly thing with the TV and the doctor had to speak to the translator virtually, and then the translator had to say, and I was like, this is mad much. Like, I probably just didn't quit my job. Like, somebody's going to have to diagnose you after all this. This is just too much. Like, I got to speak to you right here through somebody else. But Mariah has been telling me the past few months how, like, oh, I have a new a new um, girl in my class, and she doesn't speak any English, so you know, the teacher, I forgot what she said they do, but pretty much the girl sister lost all day. Oh, like a certain part oh, of the day, horrible. I think, or the end. Yeah, and I'm just like, and they're only in the third grade, right? They're only in the third grade, and it's just like, okay, like there's nothing put in place. If if y'all could pull me out of class for remedial math, y'all can pull <laughs> these other kids out to translate what's going on. If they're not sitting there looking at a bunch of Charlie Browns romping all day, like that's just miserable. I probably drop out. I don't know. It's, that's they, they see, that's my issue. That's my point. How long is she going to want to be in school where she's ignored, where she can't communicate? The only time she can communicate is when she's playing with the other children. And now that right. they don't get you know, much recess time, what, what, what's that going to be like? And boys yeah, are definitely not going to endure like that. that. Definitely. Uh, 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 Brother Al, if you had to sit up in school and nobody understood what you were saying and you didn't understand what anybody else was saying and everybody else was learning, what would happen to you? Um, I'm a fellow declare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of the class because I'm sitting there looking crazy because I don't know what they're talking about. They don't know. They don't know what. They don't know. They don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm just sitting there looking in the space. It's like I'm in a foreign place, not knowing what anybody's saying. You know, and, and that's horrible. So they, you know, they have to. They have to do better. If you're going to allow these these, these children to come in, um, or even people come in that can't speak English. You, you got to do better because, it like I said, it's just, it's just horrible. And like I said, you should have saw my other school where we had the, 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 the China-speaking kids. These kids talked to me, and I looked down. All I was like, uh-huh, got you. And, you know, I had to do signals. <laughs> play. I could tell I, if the kid wanted to eat. If the kid wanted, if I know the kid wanted to eat, I had to do a signal like you do a baby, eat, eat, and I'm putting my hand to my mouth and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's go get him something to eat. <laughs> Miss Smith, he hungry. How you know? He did the motion. <laughs> you get paid the big bucks to know that. <laughs> oh my gosh! But my question also: Would you stay in school if if after if you stay, you went there, and your parents are taking you there every day? But you're not learning anything. Would you be willing to stay there? Would you even want to stay there? Oh no, I I I, I, I gotta go. I, I have to. I'm, no, I'm getting no. up out of there. I'm going with some people who understand me. 
<laughs> Pastor KL, you know what? If you went to school and you and your singing didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't communicate. You didn't understand what they were saying. Would you stay there? Well, no. Listen, I was able to, to speak English with the people that still didn't want to be there. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it takes a lot. You know, it, I mean, I didn't. I didn't need a translator. I knew what they were saying. They told me to do homework. Mm-hmm. I said no. They told me to do classwork. I said no. You know, I, I said everything in English. Everything was the way I was supposed to say it. And I still didn't want to be there. So now I said, you don't understand my no. I'm getting frustrated because you really want me to do this stuff as I'm saying no. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. You know, I said no. <laughs> and that's my concern. My concern is now that you have all these children in an environment, you are not providing their needs to be able to communicate. They cannot become productive citizens. Then what happens to them? Now they become our problem, a bigger problem. When you had you just simply got the translators. And again, you have so many people who can speak English uh, English and Spanish, who can speak mm-hmm. English and Mandarin, who can speak English and Cantonese, who can you have these people. Make, listen, you're spending millions and quadrillions of dollars to get them here, but you won't spend the thousands of dollars a year it would take to employ someone to do this type of job. Really, y'all? Come on. Mm-hmm. Kid, you wouldn't have to have a whole lot of translators. You know what you do? Put them in their own class. Put them in right. their own class. You know, where they would be, you know, they would be spoken to in, in dual language. You know, teach them that way. So now everybody's not, you know, having to do everything. It, it, it just got to be a better... It's got to be, again, the remedy. The remedy is, is just stupid. Do nothing. That That's your remedy. Pull them out. Mm-hmm. That's your remedy. Oh, my goodness gracious. And, and you cannot say again that you don't have the money. Because you got the money. Oh, you got the money. You have proven you've got the money. So just do what you need to do. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. I want to just talk about the news. I, I got something else to talk about. I got something else to talk about. All right. So you have this father who has a daughter. I'm trying to figure out how old she is. The father, okay, here we go. The father's 47. The daughter is 22 years old. She's in college, and she lives on campus. The father has said, you know what, I'm going to pay your car note because I know you're in college and you're struggling. Well, he ran into somebody, one of her friends, who told him that, She's a stripper. <laughs> she stripped in a club about 40 minutes away from where they live. And the father confronted her, got upset because he said to her, he didn't, you know, what are you doing? You know, go get a job at McDonald's. That's what he tells her. Go get a job at McDonald's. Do something other than strip. And they got into an argument, and he asked her to quit 
and go get a decent job. And she told him no because the stripping was easy money. All right? So he said, oh, yeah? Well, I tell you this. I'm not paying for no more car notes. Since it's easy money and you can make it, then go make your car note as well. I'm not doing this, and you're, you know, I'm doing this to take the weight off of you. But now, since you got a remedy to this, this money issue, then go, have at it. So he told the mama, mama says, She's upset about the, you know, the fact that she got a job as a stripper, but she didn't think it was fair for him to suddenly stop the car payments over an argument. Brother Al, was Dad wrong? No, Dad wasn't wrong at all. If it would have been me, I probably would have swung on her, but, you know... (laughs) He sat there and he said to you that I'm doing this so that I'm paying your car note. I'm, I'm busting my behind, making extra money, working extra hours to pay your car note to take the load off. But you want to be greedy and you want to go out there and do all this crazy and nastiness because it's easy money. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, you don't want to stop. All right, so you know what? I ain't doing no more. Then you just it's easy money. You take that easy money, and and, and you, you go and do what you got to do. Mama come in there. Oh, that's not fair. To then you know what, Mama? You can go strip with her too then, okay? Because I'm cutting your bill off. Like yeah, why do you like that? <laughs> Tell me what you I'm cutting your bill off too so y'all can do a mother and daughter routine. How about that? <laughs> That's me. I'm on the road now. Who else in there? The son got something to say? You go do it too. I ain't paying your stuff either. Everybody get it. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Thank God you ain't got no girls. Thank God you ain't got no oh, girls for now. Can you oh, say my that goodness. again? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Pastor KL, is that wrong? Well, well, okay, let, 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 let's do the serious part first. That is definitely not wrong, but I would have definitely cut you off as well. Now, I don't know whether I'm more upset at the daughter or, or at the mother who's saying it ain't really that bad. So if my wife told me it ain't really that bad, I'd say, okay, because I am the protector of the family. I must go to the strip club every night just to make sure she's okay. <laughs> But if I happen to see something else, you understand. I'm just oh doing it for gosh. the benefit of the family. <laughs> you know what? You two are. Oh, my goodness. I can't. Oh, my I'm goodness. I would pass the care when you sitting up there. Baby, who who your friend over there with the blonde hair? Tell us to come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious How do you even think of this stuff How do you even think of this stuff John T's Is dad wrong Well first I want to say She's stupid for stripping only 40 minutes away from the house like, that was 
<laughs> that was the first mistake. <laughs> oh my so god! Real. You could have gotten in an Uber or a Lyft. Like she needed to get cut off just for that. There was no research done as to what she should have been dancing. Okay. Um, as far as him cutting her off, no, because that's the first thing I thought about when you said, "Okay, he's paying her car note," but then he ran to someone who said she's a stripper. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, you can make that within what? an hour, two hours. So why is someone else fronting your bill and you're making that in one night, or more than that in one night? So, you know, he's not wrong. But she should have got slapped oh for the distance. The ETA was way too close from the house. Oh, my goodness. I was two hours. I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious Tamika Now she told him No she wasn't giving it up Because it was easy money Was that her ticket And she put her own foot in the mouth Absolutely You know I I I, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about you know chaos, uh, Pastor Chaos changing his profession. I, I got to try that. <laughs> 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 oh goodness! But at, at any rate, you know, here, here's the thing about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I and, and I it, it gets me all the time that you know a lot of times you think that they're entitled, you know, and so. Just because I'm daddy doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do that. I volunteer to do it. And whether you're stripping or whether you're working someplace, you have means to uh, support yourself. And so he has a right to take that money back, you know. And so whether it was an argument about stripping or you already, I'm sitting here trying to strip and, and, and try and save to take care of something that you have means to take care of. So it's by all means. It's his right to take it back, whether she was stripping or not. Ooh, all right, all right, all right. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. All right. There's another dilemma that's going on, and that's the dilemma that they are stopping young ladies from wearing leggings. <clears throat> Excuse me to school and they're saying that the leggings are not appropriate for school and it does not meet the dress code and there's a particular mom in Birmingham who says her daughter was given a a dress I was going to say a strip code (laughs) a dress code violation in elementary school when she was in the fifth grade and the teacher said you know they should not be wearing these leggings because it was inappropriate now I'm going to stop right there there's another there's another leg to this thing here but um you know we have this 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 dress code that says girls should not wear leggings period do not uh, – please don't introduce another angle to it because there's another leg to this here. Who am I starting with? Uh, Pastor KL. 
looking at these, looking, thinking about leggings on girls in the school, do you think that it's an appropriate dress code? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, for for, for little girls, not at all. For big girls, not at all. I mean, first of all, spandex just ain't for everybody. You know, everybody can't wear spandex. You know, and, 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 and some of it is too revealing. You know, it, it's, it's just not appropriate. You know, and then, you know, you have some of the girls, some of the ladies who don't want to wear the long shirts, you know, the kind of cover tuck. It, it's just out there. I mean, in the opening, like you in the jungle, all you see is monkeys. No, uh-uh, it, it ain't good. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right. John, are leggings inappropriate for school? Extremely, especially now that they got the thin ones where you shouldn't, technically you shouldn't be wearing any underwear with them because if you do, you see it all. So, yeah, that's not appropriate for school. And just like Pastor K.O. said, especially because now it's like no one wants to really wear a long top. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely not. All righty. Tamika, uh, leggings inappropriate for school? Oh, definitely. I've seen grown women that wear the things, and, and I'm going, did you check yourself? Did you look in the mirror behind yourself before you stuff that house? <laughs> you know, um, we're also thought, thinking about um, the fact that bodies are growing, things are changing, you know, and so that becomes a lot more evident. So we really definitely need to caution and, and, and look out for our baby girl. All righty. Brother Al. Are leggings for girls appropriate for, for school dress codes? Not at all. I'm so glad my school is a uniform school because these little girls are something else. They don't know. They don't know how to wear. They get the cheap ones that, like you said, like everyone was saying, they get the cheap ones that you can see through. They don't wear a long shirt to cover themselves. And you know, some of these little girls got bodies like a grown woman, and they know it, so they. They show it, and, they, and you know, and it's, it's, it's inappropriate. And you know, you got the little boys' hormones jumping all over the place. So it's very, very, very inappropriate. You know, I barely let Tamika wear them. You know, so you know, I'm glad I got my daughter. Hey, let me
and if they respond, they are going to be chastised. But had you not had this on, then you would not have experienced this. Shantice, was the teacher correct? Absolutely. They need to stop lying to these little girls and these women. That was accurate. And to let them know that, you know, you can't wear stuff like this and then act all flabbergasted when these little boys now try to touch you or when they, you know, they want to smack your butt and keep running down the hall. I will never forget one day in junior high school, one of my friends had on a pair. That's when windbreakers were out. And we were all walking out the cafeteria, and it was packed. And as we were walking out the cafeteria, he just randomly pulled, this boy just pulled her pants down and ran. Thank God she had leggings on. Thank God she had leggings on. But, yes, Miyoshi, yes, we were walking out of the cafeteria. And there, in that junior high school, there were, like, two ways in and out of that cafeteria, either in the front or the side. And we were walking out the side. And we were all cool with him, but I guess he felt he was extra cool, and we were walking out, and she had on a short top, which it didn't matter because she had on windbreakers. But he just randomly just pulled her pants down real quick and ran. And thank God she had leggings on. Now, if that happened with windbreakers, what do you think these boys would do with these leggings, these see-through leggings, and especially like Brother Al said, especially if you have a body? They're smacking your butt and running, or sometimes they ain't even running. That's the challenge for them. So she was, she was on point, and I'm happy that she took the time to really explain that to them because it's not done enough. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Tamika, you know, was the teacher accurate in saying, listen, you, you, you want these boys to look at your butt? Now, they're responding physically. Their hormones are responding. Now, when they act out on that, it's going to be your fault. Was she correct? I, I think that it's the verbiage that causes a problem, but we do need to make it clear that there is a problem. You know, it, it's not something that we can avoid as women. You know, um, the life that we live is very, you know, it, it's very complicated. And a lot of times you just live in life and minding your own business. You could be walking down the street and somebody's flagging you down. You don't even see him. Wait a minute. Why is the car honking? And a lot of times you're not paying attention. And, it starts from childhood, and, and, and it doesn't stop, you know, and that's the sad part about it. But to to blame a parent, you know, is, is, I think the verbiage is rough with that. I think that, you know, actually verbalizing that makes it complicated. But you do, you do need to make it clear. You know, I remember in school um, they were uh, guiding us um, about the length of our skirt, you know, um, because they were concerned about that. And, you know, I remember, let's just think back to days in school. Um, I remember when young men would wear mirrors on their penny loafers so that they could try and stick their fit, foot in between a, a, a woman's leg just to see what she had up under. We always wore shorts up underneath our skirts just for that type of stuff. You have to be very clear because you, you, you just absolutely don't know. It's out there, and, it's, and, you know, there's not anything that you personally are doing but it's out there. You need to be guarded from childhood on to know that there are dangers out there. You need to caution yourself for it. Wow, wow, wow. 
Ooh, child, child. Uh, Brother Al, you know, was she accurate in what she stated? Well, first I'd like to say you muted me, and that wasn't me with the noise, but I'll take that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> and, I got to uh, mute that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to tell Bill in the house right there. Wasn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, she was very accurate because, you know, like you say, you have to let them see and understand that this is serious, not just in school. You got predators outside. We actually recently had an incident where these little girls here at my school went to a store to get some food or something, and the guy was telling them to come down to the basement because, you know, um, he had to make the food. You know, so you got predators out here watching these kids, man. So, you know, and these, these, these little girls, they think it's cute. You know, I'm at the door in the morning. They they inappropriate. I'm calling parents. Hey, how you doing? So, you know your daughter didn't come out with uniform. Oh, she left the uniform. Well, you can see what she got on now. You know, and they wow, think it's a joke. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Yeah, wow. Like it was nah. <laughs> What'd you say, Shanti? <laughs> Because that was me. I was the one who left and changed my clothes at McDonald's. For the we know it was you. We Alex already knew that. You know what? We already knew it. I'm snitching. That's right. You better come to school with Tokyo. You come to learn. That's what you come here for. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. So wow, now, now, wow. Pastor, now, now, pass yourself why you, now that you know that was Shanti she used to do, you still can beat her. She it ain't over. You still can beat her. She played her hooky from work. She played her hooky from work. When I played hooky from school and caught me with the clothes on. Oh. Yeah, she, she, she didn't have a good plan, brother Al. She always got caught. Sooner or later. She always got caught. Always got caught. You forgot I always had to wear heels. No, she's. You, you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny, Pastor? The, the the funny thing is, these kids should get that we was young once and did right. way more than what they did. They they forget right. that. They 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 forget that. Okay. I got one girl caught. She was so mad. Her father was coming to pick up. She came and she had this short dress on. I'm looking at. Her. I said, "Does that look like school uniform?" I called her dad, but dad didn't answer the phone. So I come in and I seen that she, you know, she was rushing and her clothes was changed. I was like, "Yo, what happened?" Oh, my dad come to pick me up, not knowing that I was gonna meet dad downstairs. Hey, dad, how you doing? You should start looking on her face. I said, uh, "Before you go anywhere, could you please look at her, her book bag?" She looked at her book bag and saw that short dress. He's like, oh, 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 wait till we get home. Mr. B, what are you told? Because you try to be sneaky. <laughs> Ooh, wee. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Where's Pastor KL? I know he got a, he got a response for us. Pastor KL, you know, was she accurate? Was the teacher accurate? First, I want to say, you know, about Shantis is always the pastor's children who always does this kind of thing. I just don't understand why they give us such a bad they give us such a bad name. You know, I'm saying, you know God was Yeah, but you know what? God wanted Stephanie to be a pastor but she delayed it because of you. <laughs> <laughs> So, to, to oh my question, I, I think the teacher was totally correct. Listen, in my former life, you know, we, we used to go around grabbing booties and there was no leggings. 
There was no leggings during Tyson. It was a pair of it was a pair of Levi's, a pair of Lees, Jordash. You know, if you had Jordash, you had a booty. Who you know, only people that could afford Jordash had booty. So I mean now you're enticing these folks. You know, and, and then we wonder why you know, and, 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 and please don't start writing in, oh, the reason why I got raped for the idol leggings. No. But when you entice these folks, you know, they, they've already made love to you with their mind. You know, they've already, you know, want to hit it with their mind. A lot of folks are not, a lot of little boys are not attracted to your mind. They're attracted to your butt. So so when, when you out there soliciting booty, that's all I care about. But now you upset because you done fell in love. You, you done got your feelings caught up, and he didn't want nothing else but your booty. Take them, take them leggings off, girl. Oh my goodness! Wow, wow, wow! A good time through. I can always rely on you. Always rely on you. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Me too. That's why God ain't give me no, no daughter. He said, I can't get Al no daughter. He's going to act a fool. <laughs> you already act a fool. You don't need no daughter to act a fool. Bye, Al. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Shantice, we've got pray for them today. What you got? Yes. Yeah. Today, pray for them. We are praying for Brianna Latrice. She is known for being a part of the cast for growing up hip hop. She is the daughter of record exec Kendu Isaacs. I only knew him to be the ex-husband of Mary J. Blige. <clears throat> but she has been on that show since the start of it. And I thought about her. I came across a um, an interview she did with Hollywood Unlocked that show a lot, growing up hip hop. And she was very open at one point about her past life the trauma, and she got kicked out of her house when she was 12. She started using drugs at 13. Her relationship, like, she never, even now, like, during the show, she never spoke about, like, her mother's name, who her mother was, and even when you read up on her, her mother's still anonymous, but her relationship with her father has always been extremely unstable, um, even after he's had other children, and even after, you know, him and Mary J. Blige had a real nasty divorce, and that really took her kind of down, downward mentally and emotionally. But she used to be addicted to meth and cocaine and ecstasy and pills. And in her adult life, she was in a very abusive relationship. And just last year, she um, was working with some lady. And somehow something went on and the lady went to her house with a cop. And they were banging on the door and nobody so she went to the door with a machete because she has some serious anger issues. She has, she's one of those people that's like, you never know what to expect from her. So they, you know, rest her. So it's just like one traumatic thing after another with her. And there was one episode where um, the cast went to church at somebody's house. And she went there in support of one of her friends. And during the service, she just, like, immediately mentally and emotionally broke down. And you could tell that there was going to be some type of breakthrough where she would be able to really speak about a lot of her past and what she still, what she was feeling at the time. But, of course, like a lot of us, she just, you know, cut it off and she left. 
and when I came across the interview show the other day, all of that, you know, came back to mind and just really want to lift her up in prayer and, you know, asking God to help her with her healing and help her to open up to him and whoever else he may be sending around her for more support. Cause it does seem like she has people around her who do, who do care. But when you live that type of life that way, you're always on guard and, you don't want to be transparent at all because that means now facing a lot of your past. Of course, you push a lot of those people away. So it's praying for her relationship also with her parents, with her siblings. Um, I did read at one point, like, while her father was married to Mary J. Blige, she had a really, really, really close relationship with her. And then once they got divorced, that relationship kind of went down the toilet. So it's really easy for her now to couple that up with everything else that has gone on. But it's also praying that she continues to stay away from all types and forms of substance abuse, you know, drugs and alcohol. You know, like I said, it started off with meth, and then before she knew it, it was cocaine, and before she knew it was ecstasy, and before she knew it was pills. And it's nothing to now go backwards, you know. So just praying that God keeps her guarded against, you know, those type of desires and against the enemy and people, places, and things that can contribute to that. And, of course, the healing, of course, within herself, but with her parents as well. A lot of times, you know, once that starts to reconcile, then everything else feels like it's coming together. So lift her up in prayer for that. And, oh, I'm sorry, and I did read that she was quitting the show. I'm not sure if she officially did because I stopped watching that show once the pandemic hit. But I did see how she wanted to just tap out of it, which is a great thing because, of course, we know a lot of times and in the spotlight that has its own set of pressures and everyone chiming in to give their opinions, which can contribute to your mindset and all of that. So praying that if God wants her to stay away from being on camera, that she's strong enough to do that as well. All right. All righty. Thank you. How old is she? Uh, she is early 30s, I believe. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, she's still young. Yeah, well, I figured, you know, growing up hip-hop, you know, I figured she was, yeah. um, you know, somewhere in those 20s, 30s area. Just curious when you're talking about all of the experiences that she's had. Thank you so much. Oh, let us hold hands and whole hearts on behalf of, say her name again, please. Brianna Latrice. Actually, she's 30, oh, she's 37 this year. Ooh, okay. So almost hitting 40. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Brianna Latrice. Okay, thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we say thank you, first of all, for even just being able to see your day. Thank you so much, God, for just waking us up with brand new tender mercies, God, with promises that you have laid out before us, dear Heavenly Father, God, and we're lifting up Brianna Latrice before you, dear Heavenly Father. We're joining hands and joining hearts on her behalf, God. We don't know who she has surrounding her right now. We don't know if she has any spiritual advisor around her, God. We don't know, you know, who's around her who might be helping to influence her or a negative uh, model around her, dear Heavenly Father. But regardless of that, God, we know that you're with her. 
We know, God, that you've been watching over her. God, we know that you've been covering her. How do we know, God, because she can see that she was a drug addict, dear Heavenly Father. And only you could bring um, us through any type of that type of trauma uh, and, and that self-indulgement, that self-mutilation, that self uh, catastrophic behavior, dear Heavenly Father. How do we know that you're with her, God? Because she's able to 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 come through. She's been able to come through certain hurdles in her life, God. And whether we acknowledge you or not, we know your body knows that it was you, dear Heavenly Father. God, we pray that you just send her someone, someone who she can look to and up to and who would point her in your direction to heavenly father that would help her understand that there is a savior that she needs him and that he's here for her that he died for her for such a time as this dear god we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, that she sees a pamphlet, that there's a track, there's a commercial, there's something that would help her to understand, God, that you're knocking at her door, that you're calling her name, that there's a better life, that there is hope, God, that she doesn't have to wing it as she goes along, God. She's almost 40 years old, God. She's been here a minute, and we don't know some of the things that she's experienced, God, that has never even hit the table, things that we we don't even know about, God. But, Lord, we thank you for bringing her thus far. And as long as you wake us up each and every day, God, we know that there's hope. We know that there's a possibility, God, that we can get better. All we have to do is, as Pastor Charlene always say, call on the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that we have an opportunity to to lift her before you, God, that you have put on Shantice's heart, dear Heavenly Father, to pray for them, for those who appear not to know you, for people who may have never been introduced to you in a certain way, God, that now we can lift them up, if even if they never hear this prayer, even if they never even know We're praying for them, God, but that we've got their back, that we love them enough to present them to you, God. And, Lord, we're just asking that if you are removing her from this uh, environment, from this arena, as Shanti said, God, that brings its own level of pressures and now you have to live a certain way and you got to look a certain way and you got to be a certain way just to to keep up with these individuals god if you're calling her out of that if you're pulling her out god we pray that she answers that call that she does remove herself from or she allows you to remove her from that environment dear heavenly father because life in and of itself is hard enough and then adding to all of the, the, the chaos that we bring into our lives, the chaos that's introduced to our lives as children, God, now we're adding additional pressure. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that even her very father, God, would find you, that he would be introduced to you, God, so that he could be the, the uh, answer to who she needs to just stick to. Who better than her father? Who better than her parent, God? 
And we pray that he's just no, so not absorbed in his own world, that he doesn't do what he needs to do for the sake of his daughter. God, forget her age, because they are never out of our uh, uh, reach of need, or need. They need us, God, as long as we're parents. And it doesn't matter, God, how old they are. They still need us. So we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to touch his life, that even, you know, anyone who she's come across and she didn't even consider them, but they know you, God, that they would be lifted to knock on her door and speak to her and to approach her and to just hug her, God, in a special way and just, again, introduce her to the loving God, the caring God, the almighty and powerful God that we know, God. That there would be a way that she could meet you and now she would be a different individual for the world to see. That she could draw others to you, dear Heavenly Father, just because they've seen her history, just because they've seen her lifestyle, just because they see what she's gone through, and if you could do it for her, then they would have the confidence that you could do it for them as well, dear Heavenly Father. We're coming to you, God. Your word says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much, God. And we know that you don't want to see any of us perish, God. So whatever it is that we need to do, whatever it is that we need to say, here she is, God. We just put her in your bosom, dear Heavenly Father. And we're hugging her and we're loving her from afar, God. And that she would ultimately know and feel love and just be drawn to you, dear Heavenly Father. That your son, that your son would be made available to her in a way that he has never been made available to her before. And we thank you for answering this prayer, God. In whatever way you see fit, God, we thank you. We thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you, God, for loving us, loving us through our mess, God, loving us through our former life, dear Heavenly Father, loving us when we didn't want to know anything about you, when we didn't care about how we lived, when we were maybe using drugs or drinking or living a reckless lifestyle so we can understand and identify where this woman is, dear Heavenly Father. And that's why we know that if we call on your name, we know that if we hold on to the hem of that garment, dear Heavenly Father, that that change can and will take place, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hearing our cry for our own life. Thank you, God, for hearing the cry of our grandmother, of our mother, of that neighbor, of that friend, of someone who saw who we were and where we were going, who were on their hands and knees and who reached out to you on our behalf, God. Now we're doing that. Now we're doing that for her and others like her, God. So we ask you, God, to continue to hear our prayer and work on her, God, and again, so that none of your children would perish. 
In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. What an episode today. It's always good to be with my Duke Tom crew. You know, this is one of the rare, you know, arenas where you can laugh and get the word of God at the same time that you can, you know, just talk about everyday life and get the word of God where God is using us to show others that, you know, we're not so caught up in the Lord and in the Bible that we don't understand, that we don't see, that we forget, that we make it our business to answer the Lord's call and to reach out to and for his people. And we have a myriad of cast on from day to day. You know, some people we only have on one time a week. They make their impact and, you know, bless God's people. You know, we are in 48 countries, you know, and I, we may be more, we might be less. But last I counted, it was 48. You know, and, and again, as we talked about earlier, you know, about the translation that takes place. You know, look at how blessed we are that our number one country is Cambodia. You know, they're listening to us more than the United States <laughs> are even tuning us, you know, tuning in for us. Can you imagine that? And it's it's so important that when we are on here that we let people know that God can address anything. You know, we talked about the fact that, you know, the young lady, you know, is, is stripping after her dad you know, offer to pay her bill. And, you know, her, her, her concept is, listen, I'm not letting that go because it's easy money. Oh, the Lord talks about ill-gotten gain. And it might be easy money. But what are you doing for that easy money? Oh, I mean, you're just selling your soul to the devil for a dollar. And at the end of the day, how is that going to benefit your life? What are you going to have to deal with because this was easy money? We, You know, we're so short-sighted at times in our life. And for this young lady, it's stripping. For us, it may have been something else. But at the end of the day, we were very short-sighted, very short-sighted. We didn't care. We didn't care how bad. You know, it was, we didn't care how, you know, detrimental it was. We didn't care how damaging it was. We didn't, we were short-sighted. We didn't care. We didn't care. It didn't matter to us. As long as we got what we were out there looking for, it just simply didn't matter. But, oh, 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 how great it is to know the Lord now and to be able to look back and go, whoo, <laughs> thank God for Jesus. Thank God that he didn't listen to Stephanie when I didn't want him, when I didn't want to be bothered, when I was too busy doing what I wanted to do. You know, I, I always say to you, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't use drugs, but ha, so what? 
What else did I do that was unpleasing to God? That despite the fact that I didn't do those things, I still needed the Lord Jesus. I still needed the Savior that God sent for us. And and I'm going to tell you something. It's important for people to understand that as well. That it didn't matter that I didn't do all the blatant, obvious, you know, things that are out there. And, you know, or at least I didn't do that. But what else was I doing? As long as I had not given my life to the Lord, I was still jacked up. I might as well have been drinking and drugging and doing whatever else. Because it didn't shift the fact that I needed God. And I'm so grateful that God presented himself to me. And I realized that despite the fact that I wasn't doing these things, that I was doing those things. And that regardless of what I was doing, I was my life was short. It was it was missing the most essential thing that I could have ever been ignoring. And we need to send that message. You know, for Brianna Latrice, oh, it's evident. It's evident she needs the Lord. But, you know, I remember my grandmother used to say it's going to be a whole lot of nice people in hell. <laughs> and she said it all the time. It's going to be a whole lot of nice people in hell. Because people believe that as long oh, how could they go to hell? They're nice. But the Lord said, if you do not confess your sins and repent, be baptized and give your life to me, you might as well cast call, you know, consider yourself out. You know, and only God can, you know, be that ultimate judge that says this one get, you know, will make it in and this one won't. But do you really want to take that chance? Do you really want to just ride on the fact that you're nice? Because at the end of the day, it just ain't going to get you in necessarily. You're going to have to make sure you do it God's way. And that's the problem. We don't want to do it God's way. We want to do it our way. So try God's way. And let him usher you into the kingdom. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Uh, Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to the Lord right now. Please do not miss the opportunity to just strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Freestyle Friday and we get to talk to our men. God spare our life. Until then, I love you. <laughs>